Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. And I'm Anita. Hi, ABGs and ABBs. Welcome to another episode. One of the key topics that we discuss on this podcast is careers. When we started, the three of us have spent many years navigating each of our own professional endeavors and built separate careers in finance, technology, and social media. And for a little over a year now, we have been full-time digital media entrepreneurs with Asian Boss Girl, not only building out this podcast, but creating a self-sustaining business and fostering the beautiful ABG and ABB community. At our talks and through messages we've received from our community, we often get questions about navigating career and professional development. And while we love drawing from our own personal experiences and sharing advice and anecdotes, we've been eager to bring onto the pod a specialist in this space. Our friend and entrepreneur, Leah Yu, whom we had on our podcast on episode 82, shared with us that she had a great experience working with Anita Hossein, who is an executive coach and co-founder and CEO of The Grand, which is a company focused on group coaching, professional learning, and development. Prior to The Grand, Anita led the knowledge program at First Round Capital, focused on developing community, creating programming, and providing resources for their partner companies. She also spent time at Viacom International Media Networks in a corporate social responsibility and public affairs role. Anita graduated from the Wharton School at UPenn in 2015, and her clients have included Facebook, Calm, Slack, and LinkedIn, just to name a few. Please welcome to Asian Boss Girl, Anita. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Anita. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I think we heard so much good things from about you from Leah. Um, but Anita, to you know, give our listeners some background, can you share with our listeners what you do? Yeah. So at the core, I help people get unstuck and become who they truly want to be. And that's through executive coaching and through the grand, the, my company, which really helps people navigate the transitions that they're going through at the intersection of work and life. And we support them through group coaching and a global community. So at the Grand, what's really special about the the group and the community that we've cultivated is it's a place where you can talk about your dreams, your fears, your hopes, your anxieties, things that you don't normally talk about day to day. 
with a group of peers so that you can be seen, heard, and validated in those experiences. Mm, I love that. I feel like that is so necessary too for people who are trying to get to the next level or next stage of where they want to be in their careers. I feel like what you do is such a unique space Mm -hmm. to be in. Uh, What specific steps did you take, whether or not these steps were intentional or maybe they just happened, to get into this sort of professional development and executive coaching space? Yeah, I love how you put it as intentional or not. I think the first part of my career It was something that I was doing, but I didn't necessarily have a name for. And by Mm -hmm. it, I mean executive coaching. And so, for example, I remember conversations that I've had with friends and peers where they'll come back to me months later and say, hey, that conversation that we had about my, my management style really transformed how I treat my team. And this happened with one of my friends. I had no idea. We were at a birthday party sitting you know, in the corner talking about it, but it was really impactful because she said I was helping her um, just cut through and, and challenge her work style in a way that was kind and empathetic, but also, mm-hmm. also really challenging. And so that to me just brightened me up and it, it made me realize, okay, this is my purpose, having all of these conversations with other peers who, who've had this transformative conversation with me. And those compliments, yeah, they really lit me up and um, stuck with me throughout my, my career. And so that was in the background. And when I worked at First Round as head of knowledge, what I did is I worked with all of our portfolio companies I understood the challenges that they were facing and I would help them really get to the next level by confronting it, by talking openly and vulnerably about what they were going through and not always being in this mode of, you know, things are awesome. I'm crushing it. These are all the things that are going right. And when I was there, I had the privilege of connecting with an executive coach, Khaled Halim. He's the co-founder of Reboot. And was really blown away by him. I decided to host a session with several CEOs where we can learn about how to structure a session with your executive coach, what to even look for uh, in an executive coach, and was really drawn to him because he was rooted in a lot of data and science and research, but he also brought this really great empathy and emotional side to his work. After that, I was able to connect with him and have lunch with him once a quarter and really asked him if I wanted to be a coach, how, how do I make it happen? And, and I think that was such a good lesson when you're thinking about doing something and making a huge career pivot, the best thing to do is one, follow your curiosity and two, just ask, <laughs> you know, like no one's going to anticipate what your needs are for you. And so it's really important just to, to make that ask. And, and that's exactly what I did. And he told me, you know, you're in a really great role where you're working with all different companies, but I do also think you should get certified in neurolinguistic programming. Mm-hmm. And so I took a course super intense. It was really challenging, but what it helped me do was create resources so that I can help people really confront their past and figure out ways to, again, get unstuck and create resources so that they can get what they want in the future. And I did that. I ended up working with Khaled afterwards. He offered me a role with his firm 
while I was working out first round so that I can dip my feet in, see if I like it. And both roles made me better at the other. And so it was just such a transformative experience. And again, to have a name for the work that I was inherently doing. That I loved how you, um, the tips that you offered in terms of making a career pivot are to follow your curiosity and to just ask because the three of us definitely, um, that is pretty much kind of how we started the podcast. You know, it was out of a desire um, and an interest and an intrigue and a curiosity to see if this is something we could do. Um, and and it was just getting through and doing it, right? Asking the people that we needed to, to to get started. So that is beautiful advice, and a lot of our listeners do come and ask about that. So thank you for providing those nuggets. Um, so that was great kind of you know background into how you got into this work. Now we fast forward to today, and you're at the Grand, and now you have your own company, and you've explained to us, you've positioned it that it's not, you don't even call yourself like an executive coach or professional development. You said you're helping people transition through struggles in their life, right? And you're really focusing on how work and life really are blended. So when it comes to your clients, what are um, kind of the most common struggles or challenges that people come to you for help with? Is it even work-related? Sometimes is it, you know, outside of that? Yeah. So with the grand, what we've intentionally focused on are transitions. And so mm-hmm. transitions at the intersection of work and life, because as humans, you know, bo- both of those parts of us are really true. And the reason the transitions matter so much is those are the moments when you maybe feel the most alone, but those are also the moments where you need to talk to people the most. And so for us, it's really important for us to focus on those inflection points that we all go through, like navigating a new career, becoming a manager for the first time, or um, returning to work as a new parent. Again, these are moments where you're going through a big role change. There might be a lot of negative um, feelings or negative self-talk, self-doubt that comes up with some of this. And so we believe that the best way to work through that is to get peer support and group coaching. And so that's really how, how the grant was born. When I think about the specific challenges that, that people face generally in coaching, I would say it's, it's one of two things. Every issue is either interpersonal or intrapersonal. So interpersonal, you know, related to relationships and how we communicate with other people and intrapersonal, it means, you know, within a person, it's really the things that are taking place in oneself or one's mind. Mm-hmm. And so I really think that that's the crux of what we're all challenged with. And so things like imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs, um, influence, presence, leadership, communication, those are the things that come up time and time again. Yeah. I feel like those are really good examples of challenges. I feel like even talking to our friends, like these are things they are constantly going through is all the, all the little challenges you just, you just said. Um, I'm also curious though, like, do you mind giving our listeners an example? Like what the, what is one of the most challenging cases or clients you worked with and why? Yeah. So when I think about one of the most challenging cases I've worked with is one comes to mind. There was someone who was successful in their own right. They were a founder of their own company. But the thing that they kept coming back to is they measured their success based on someone else's compass. And I noticed this because everything that they were doing, they would compare themselves and they would compare themselves to leaders who've been successful or their co-founders or other companies. 
Um, and it was something that they were wired to do when they were young. Hmm. And the reason we were able to unlock that, they used their parents as a measure of success, but unfortunately nothing they did was ever good enough. And hmm. a lot of those moments that we go through as children, frankly, trickle into our work and, and the way that we show up today. Once we we're able to realize that and have that aha moment, that's when things were able to transform for her. And, and really she was able to take hold of what is it that she wants? What is her own compass? And she was able to build that and, and then move forward. And that was really incredible to see that transformation. How long does that typically take for, to get from point A to, to, the, to the place where they have this like revelation of what, what needs to be changed or at least addressed and acknowledged? How long does that usually take? So it's interesting because there isn't a usual. And so I would say when I think about how long these types of transformations take, it, it's built upon itself and it takes a long time. And so when I talk to prospective clients or people who are coming into the grand, I remind them that everyone's on their own journey and you can't measure your, your pace of your journey with someone else's because you'll mm. get frustrated if you do that. Mm. And it's important to note that it's not going to happen overnight. You know, if a client comes in or someone comes to the grand and they think after one session, one conversation, everything's going to change, you know, that that we have to manage those expectations. That's not the case. What's more important than the timeline is really the inner work. And so what I help people with is a lot of that self-discovery. And so this example I shared took, you know, over a year for them to Mm -hmm. get to that place but I think they were willing to go there and they were in, willing to do the deep work that it takes to, to really, I think of it as bringing what's in your subconscious to consciousness. Mm-hmm. Too often as you know, really successful people, we're just running, running, running. We don't come up for air and really think about like, who am I? What is my self-identity? Is this exact actually what I want? And those are the, the questions that you need to ask yourself. I'm curious, having the title of executive coach, does that give you a lot of pressure also? Because here you are being approached by these people who are about to be C-suite level people or executives that are on these high achieving paths, and they're coming to you to give them all of the answers. How do you handle that level of pressure to unlock the key to someone achieving their potential and success in whatever industry or path they're trying to take? I love this question because you said you have this pressure to have all the right answers. And if I had that mindset and pressure, yes, absolutely. You know, in the beginning, that's how I felt. It was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to work with someone who is an executive who's been doing this for longer than I have and looks to Mm -hmm. me as their coach? But the reality is coaching is about revealing everyone's inner teacher, So I'm not meant to fix, solve, Mm -hmm. give everyone the right answer. I'm meant to focus on empathetic listening and asking open and honest questions so that they themselves can unlock their inner teacher Mm -hmm. and figure out the path forward for them. Once I was able to wrap my head around that, that's when I realized, okay, that is the skill set that I have. And that is what brings me a lot of joy. And that's what I'm particularly good at. It's one of my superpowers. And those are also skills that we teach and practice at the grand. 
by being in a peer group, you're focusing on empathetic listening, you're asking open and honest questions, and you're able to coach your peers and help them see things in a way that they may never have before. And it's such an important skill set. And so that's why it's such a big feature of being part of the grand, because we believe that if people learn the fundamental skills of coaching, they can not only improve their own lives, but help support others on their journeys. So in your own professional development, do you feel like that was the biggest struggle that you had to face and sort of work through? Or was there anything else that you would consider maybe one of your bigger struggles with taking this path? Yeah, I would say that imposter syndrome generally has been a theme in in my life whenever I was making a big career pivot. Because if you look at my past, I've tried a lot of different things. And whenever I was about to start it, I was really, really nervous. Even when I was, when I quit my job and decided I want to go to business school, I was so nervous that I was like, do I even remember how to take a test? Like, how am I going to do that? Um, When I, you know, I I took the plunge and I pursued acting for a short bit in New York. And again, like, you know, it was wild to be able to do that. When I worked at VC for the first time, one of my first experiences was hosting a CTO salon. And again, I hadn't worked in tech before. I didn't know much of what they were talking about. And I was really nervous, but going into it, I realized I'm not meant to talk about the technicalities of being a CTO. I meant to create the safe space and drive that conversation so that they can support and help each other and facilitate that and make that magic happen. And that's what I'm really good at. And so Mm. once I was able to realize that, that, that helped me. When I think about being a coach, it's exactly what you mentioned before. I felt like I was going to go in and people are expecting an old white man with great gray hair telling (laughs) them, you know, what to do. Like, this is the path. And and frankly, there were people who were like, that's what I want. And and that's fine. But one thing that really struck me and helped me was that um, I would say two things really helped me. One, my mentor told me that, hey, if they wanted to talk to someone who'd done exactly what they've done before, they can go talk to that person. Mm-hmm. But they've mm-hmm. come here for coaching. And that's what you are really good at and you can provide. And so just like remember that that is your superpower. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that's really helped, one of our facilitators at the Grand, Mindy, she put it really well. And she reminded us that you're always doing your first role for the first time. And so her partner always tells her this, that before Barack Obama was president, he had never been president before. (laughs) And I think that's such a good reminder that whenever we're doing something for the first time, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable. And I want people to notice that fear because that helps you know that you're working on something that is big enough and that is worthy of you. Wow, that is so interesting. So you spent a period acting in New York and you've done all of these different things and then you went to business school. So it sounds like you've had an exposure, you've had exposure to a lot of different settings and a lot of different people probably. Um, Now, it is wonderful to hear you say you've discovered your own superpower is being a coach and listening, kind of bringing things out of others. In all of the different executive leaders that you've interacted with and that you've coached, what are the most important qualities of someone who's going to lead a team at an executive level? Yeah, when I am able to zoom out and really think about the qualities that make someone a really effective leader, I think about 
three things. So one, someone who is authentic, some two, someone who is empathetic, and three, someone who is vulnerable. And the reason I say these things, one with the authenticity, that is really challenging, again, when you're doing something for the first time. And so a lot of founders that I work with, again, they look to um, other leaders that they want to emulate, or they feel like, okay, you know, this is my path to success. And I always have to remind them that that style worked for them, but it may not necessarily work for you. And that's a lesson that I learned early on in my career, which I'll, I'll share a bit later. But I think that um, that authenticity is really important to figure out, okay, what is your style? What do you bring to the table? And how can you bring that to the forefront? Because that's when people will follow you and be drawn to you. With regards to empathy, I think that one of the most important things to remember is that at work, we are a collection of humans and we need to value that human experience and not just work experience. And so being an empathetic leader allows you to see your, your teammates, your managers, your direct reports as humans first. And I think that's something that, again, people forget. And then lastly, vulnerability. This one is so important and I think probably the hardest because we've been primed to think that show no weakness, I need to just show all my strength, especially when I'm in a position of power. But I would argue that being vulnerable is actually showing strength and it allows your, your teams and your companies to, to really open up as well. And in turn, you, you all become more resilient. And so it's so, so important. And it's something that it's almost uh, a practice. And so you can create that, that muscle memory of, okay, have I been authentic? Have I been empathetic? Have I been vulnerable? I love that the three things that you named are action-oriented versus inequalities. Because I think oftentimes, I'm sure a lot of our listeners were waiting to hear your answers to be like, oh, is that me? Do I have that? Mm -hmm. But each of the three things that you listed are things that every human being is capable of achieving. And in a different way, it's going to look different on everyone. So thank you for sharing that. That's such a good yeah. point. And it's why we focus on building up these skills through the grand. For example, we have a quest on becoming an effective manager where we focus on authenticity. We have a whole session on uncovering your blind spots to really understand where you might adapt and change your style. We have a session on building psychological safety, which we're looking at through an empathetic stance. And then vulnerability is woven throughout the experience through coaching. And in particular, we have a session on giving feedback and receiving feedback in an honest and vulnerable way so that it's heard and acted upon. Skillshare is a sponsor of today's episode. So last year, I became a mom, a plant mom, and now I'm at six plants in my rather small downtown loft, but they truly have added so much life to my space, and I've been thinking about adding a bit more. Skillshare's course called Plants at Home caught my eye. Christopher Griffin, also known as Plant Queen with a K on Instagram, shares his love of plants and the urban oasis he has created in his Brooklyn apartment. If you're also a plant mom or dad living in a small urban space, you might want to consider checking out this course. 
Skillshare is an online learning community that offers the support of fellow creatives. They have classes on a variety of topics such as film and video, creative writing, graphic design, freelance and entrepreneurship, just to name a few. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get a free trial of premium membership. Again, that's Skillshare.com ABG. Ever since I was a kid, I loved coupon clipping from weekly ads, getting that 10 cents off my favorite candy or ice cream. And once I got older, I always shopped around the internet for a lower price, never going with the first site I landed on for a product if I knew that it sold somewhere else. Which is why now I am a huge fan of Honey. Honey is a browser extension that is completely free to add. And what it does is it scours the internet for promo codes for you so that you don't have to do the work searching. And it applies the best code to find specifically to your cart. And it's super simple. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for all the coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. Now that summer is here and we've been hosting a few small gatherings at our new home, I've been getting great deals with Honey. Last week, we saved 5% off necessities like toilet paper, utensils, plates, and serving platters. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. I'd never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash A-B-G. That's joinhoney.com slash A-B-G. I don't know about you, but summer just hits differently for me. It's a time where I'm more excited to maintain a healthy lifestyle from eating awesome summer recipes like this colorful pasta salad I found online to just being more out and about. Definitely want to soak up that vitamin D. With all of these wins, I want to be able to celebrate this progress without feeling guilty. At times like this, I grab my Coors Pier. New Coors Pier is a refreshing, simple beer with organic barley, organic hops, and water. It also has zero sugar and it's only 92 calories. It is a perfect, crisp, and refreshing beer to reach for while living a balanced lifestyle. A lot of my friends are having celebrations this summer. From my friend Cindy's bachelorette party in a few weeks, to Sunday barbecues, to all of my college friends turning 30, it's going to be an eventful summer. You already know I'm bringing Coors Pier to all the festivities. Coors Pier is a perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life. So when you want to enjoy a beer without feeling the guilt, reach for Coors Pier. It's organic, but chill about it. Go to CoorsPier.com to see where you can find Coors Pier. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Albany, Georgia. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
on the podcast, you know, we do share like, you know, our experiences and our listeners' experiences, you know, being a working woman in corporate. And we talk about how we kind of face like double minorities being like an Asian woman and also um, being Asian and being a woman working in the corporate world. You know, as a South Asian American woman, like what are some of the most challenging experiences, you know, you have faced in your own industry? Yeah. So I would say that most recently being a woman and being a South Asian woman, woman of color and going out and and raising money, you know, that only 2% of funding goes to women led startups. And that number is less than half for, for women of color. And I think that that is something I was really conscious of. And when I went out to fundraise for the grand, we were really thoughtful about the partners that we talked to and the investors that we wanted to be as part of our journey. And so it was really important for our cap table to reflect the diversity of the community that we're building for. And so we wanted 50% of our, of our investors to be women, to be people of color. And I think that when I think about the challenge, yeah, like just identifying the right partners, being able to pitch them, being able to close and and really share that vision, you know, obviously that's always challenging. But I think for me, I did that while I was six months pregnant and moving across the country. And so I think that made it, you know, extra challenging, but I'm so happy to report that we have the most thoughtful um, partners and investors that, that we're working with now. One anecdote I'll share, it's, it's an interesting visual. So I was, um, yeah, again, I was six months pregnant. I decided to move across the country to relocate closer to family when I found out I was having a baby and I was fundraising all at the same time. And so there's this one moment we were towards the end of our road trip making that move and we got a flat tire. Our tire ended up breaking and we couldn't, we were in the middle of nowhere and the nearest service station for our type of car was an hour and a half away. And so we had to drive in a tow truck in the middle of a Ooh. pandemic. I was in the back seat. I had scheduled all my uh, investor meetings that day on Monday, couldn't reschedule. And, you know, I'm in the back of the tow truck, bumping along, six months <laughs> pregnant, pitching, and the driver's not turning down the music. And it was just like that to me was like, okay. I can get through anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dang, that's like the ultimate, the ultimate of everything. Being a woman, being in a trying situation, that's every every aspect. And it seems like you obviously made it through and made it through with flying colors. Thank you. And I, I share that because as women and women of color, we definitely go through a lot and we bear bear that burden. And I think that for me, when I think about what is the most challenging it's really, I'm a founder for the first time. I'm a mom for the first time. These are two jobs that you really don't know what it's like until you're in it and you dive in head first. And so the fact that I'm doing both at the same time, you know, again, I haven't done it before. It is really challenging. I, I question, I have a lot of questions and someone asked me, what is the most surprising thing about being a founder? given that you've worked with founders, you've coached founders, you worked in venture. And to me, I said that I knew that there were ups and downs and there are going to be moments when you feel like you know exactly what you're doing and you're on that path. And there are moments when you're like, oh, this is dumb. This isn't going to work. I just didn't realize the the rate of frequency and just how Mm. that can happen in 
15 minute increments. It could be mm. a conversation, you know, within a day where you're like, yeah, we got this. And then no, 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 this is so mm. hard. Um, and I would say the same is true with, with being a, a mom as well. You mm. feel like you figured it out and then they completely change. <laughs> and so both really uh, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. No, you know, I find it really interesting because like I, when I was talking to Leah about like, how she, you know, was receiving executive coaching for you. And you kind of mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of your clients maybe are people that are transitioning, like most majority of the challenges, like transitioning from one position to another. But I've always been curious, like, I think all three of us are co-founders for the first time. And talking to Leah, she's like, she's a co-founder for for the first time. So I'm just like, have you ever worked with a, a team that had multiple co-founders versus just one co-founder? So what advice would you give for a team of co-founders? Yeah, for a team of co-founders, I think it's important to be really clear on your values, but also your non-values. And that's something, the non-value part is what people forget. And I think that values are really a way that helps you make decisions. It helps you prioritize. And so when you're a team and you have that conversation early on, you can quickly figure out, okay, are we on the right path? Are we meant to work together? And it, it just reveals a lot of important conversations that you need to have. Um, I've definitely done a lot of different exercises with co-founders before as well, but I would say that just having some of those hard conversations up is, is really critical. And there are a lot of great co-founder dating questions that you can find mm. and I'm happy to send along after the fact. Um, and then I'm glad you brought that up because co-founder issues are one of the top reasons that companies fail. And too often people just focus on, okay, you know, product market fit, we need to get there, which obviously is critical, but that interpersonal relationship with your co-founders is also paramount and is a lot of the reason that companies don't make it. Hmm, that makes sense. A lot of our friends are also co-founders too. And like, I think just getting on the same page of like the value thing, like you mentioned is really, is really difficult. And especially when you're dealing with different like management styles on one team, like how do you come together to like be focused on your goal? Um, yeah. I also, it's kind of reminds me of like, I have a lot of, this is in college. You always say like, don't ever live with your best friends. I think for us, when we started, they're like, don't work with your best friends because like you never know what's going to happen. So all of us are just like, oh, we're like friends first. But then I think for us lately, we've been pretty lucky in how we communicate pretty openly with each other. So we're able to, you know, fingers crossed, we've been pretty, uh, pretty good lately with AVG. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy but, to hear it. But going along with this kind of topic of having a multiple co-founder situation and people who are friends, have you had any clients um, like that where they were they had a friendship and then they started a company together? And um, if so, what are some cases or what are some challenges they went through and what are some things that you worked with them on? Yeah. So I've worked with several co-founding teams. One that comes to mind is they were friends for a long time. They knew each other in school. They decided to start a company. And one of the founders, this was their second company. And, um, and so the other co-founder joined them. And I think that when, when I talked to them individually, I think there was, again, like just a lot of miscommunication around what each wanted and wanted the company to be. And I brought them together in a conversation where I had them journal truly like their feelings and, and what they were feeling about themselves, what they were feeling about each other and what they were feeling about the company. And mm. through a variety of prompts, we were able to get to the crux of it, which a, a lot of it was 
they were not having fun anymore. Like there was just so much fear. And I realized that their fears, though they were different, it was preventing them from doing their best work and working well with one another. And I won't get into all the details, but just having that moment of clarity of, I want this to be fun. I want us to enjoy the journey and not just, you know, like where we need to go. That was such an honest and open conversation that they needed to have. And they were able to create um, different tactics that they can implement immediately to frankly, just make it more fun and enjoy that, that journey together. In terms of co-founding teams, have you worked with uh, co-founders where there were two and then three and four? Like, do you have any insights for, um, you know, founding teams that are greater than two, I suppose? Yeah, I haven't worked with that many founding teams greater than two, uh, to be oh. quite honest. I don't have that many cases, case studies on that, unfortunately. No well, maybe we'll be your first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Sometimes it rains on that one day where you decided, I'm going to get myself out today. Sometimes there's that one person in front of you in line ordering every type of combination of sugar and milk for their coffee. Light oat milk, light sweetener, light ice. Sometimes gas goes up 20 cents right when you need to get gas. Sometimes life stinks. The good news? You don't have to, because Native has your back. Native is about stopping the stink right away. You probably already know about Native's legendary aluminum-free deodorant, but have you tried their body wash, toothpaste, or their brand new mineral-based sunscreen? They now have a broad-spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body. It's lightweight, absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. You can even build your own personalized product bundles. Mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for every occasion. Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com abg or use promo code abg at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com abg or use promo code abg at checkout for 20% off your first order. Whether it's in person or even with your website and social media presence, first impressions are everything. When we first started ABG, the three of us knew how important it was to not only deliver with good podcast content, but good content everywhere. If you want to see your brand and creative ideas come to life, you need to check out Issue. Issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and more. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, and anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Issue makes content better and works seamlessly with tools you already use, you know, like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Get started with Issue today for free, or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code ABG. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and use promo code ABG at checkout for your free account or 50% off your premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast for promo code ABG. I've been using Function of Beauty for over a year, and I feel like I've been spoiled away from drugstore shampoo and conditioners now. For one, they deliver straight to my home, so the convenience is a big draw for me. Two, I'm able to customize the formula for each new bottle to focus on different hair goals. I go back and forth between longer hairstyles and chopping my hair short pretty frequently, so I like the flexibility to change the focus of my products. Also, with each new bottle, I can try out different scents. I was really into their light and minty eucalyptus scent last year, but this year I am all about that rose scent, a classic and more feminine fragrance. 
Every function of beauty product is also sulfate and paraben free, vegan and cruelty free, which are details that I really value in the products that I use. Go to functionofbeauty.com ABG to take your hair quiz and get your custom formula and select your fragrance. Are you feeling more like mango, maybe lavender, peach, rose, or you can go fragrance free too, if that is your preference and save 20% on your first order that applies to the full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionofbeauty.com slash ABG to let them know you heard about it here and to get 20% off your order functionofbeauty.com slash ABG. Anita, what is the best advice that you've received? Um, rather than given, what is advice that you've received in your career that has been the most helpful for you? Uh, um, I have so many, so many mentors who've given me great advice. But when I reflect on that question, one in particular comes to mind. So personally, when I was working in finance, I was told by a lot of peers and a lot of colleagues that I was too nice. Hmm. And I talked to my manager about it and he said, Anita, don't listen to those people. Use your kindness as your competitive advantage. And that's the thing that I really took to heart. And I realized I didn't have to change my style to fit what I saw and worked for everyone else. I can, again, be really authentically me And that was the only way that I can create real impact. And I'm so glad I took his advice because if I weren't empathetic and kind and compassionate and brought that to the forefront of my work, I wouldn't have the career that I do now. Mm. And so that's, that's the piece of advice that I always go back to. And what about for our listeners out there, you've shared kind of like top qualities for executive leaders, but for anybody, no matter where they are in their professional life, if you had to give like three to five uh, develop, professional development tips, what would those be? Yeah. So I would say number one, seek out peer support. I want to remind everyone, again, the reason we started the grand is we know that people feel really alone when you're going through a big transition or a role change. And so find other peers who are in a similar boat so that you can really connect and and be seen and be validated in those feelings and then really help each other get to that next level. You never know who you're going to meet that can completely change the trajectory of your life. And so that would be point number one. So the other thing is, you know, we talked about values. I think it's really important to be clear on your values and again, really think about how you can check in with yourself and are you really living those values? And so I would recommend doing a quarterly retro because again, we're so heads down, we work so hard, we never actually reflect on, am I spending my time the way I intended to or the way that aligns with who I am? And so I think that's really important. Um, get it, get continuous feedback. So feedback, it is truly a gift. I know a lot of people say that, but I think the people who give you feedback, they're doing an act of service. And so the best thing you can do is appreciate it so that they give you more and really figure out what you want to act on. And then one other thing I would say is really practice empathetic listening. So this is such an important leadership skill But we, as leaders, think, again, we're wired to solve people's problems. We have to fix. We have to tell people what to do. But it's really about, again, revealing someone's inner teacher by asking them questions and listening deeply to to have empathy about their journeys. And, And what I mentioned before, you know, follow your curiosity. I think that just noticing what lights you up 
and follow, follow that and see how you can do that more and more. And one thing I want to remind people is when you're outside looking in, it feels like other people have figured it all out. No, they're just telling the story after the fact. And you could do the same. Like you can thread that whatever story it is after the fact. And so, you know, really focus on, on following what lights you up and try not to compare your behind the scenes with someone else's highlight reel. Oof. I love that. Tweetable moment right there. <laughs> well, I'm also curious, Anita, because you have a newborn baby, a four-month-old. Congratulations. And and you are a, a founder. I'm, I'm curious, what is another piece of advice? I guess, we're asking you for all this advice again. <laughs> what is a piece of advice that you can give for all of the new moms out there who are listening on this podcast and also trying to balance their careers? What's something that you've learned throughout your own personal journey that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I think that when you are embarking on this journey of being a new parent, it you might limit yourself. And I went through that. Like, can I, can I be a founder while being a mom? And you ask yourself that. And I would say, really think about the risk of not doing something and not diving in. Um, and how that might impact you more than than actually doing it. And so that's something that that really resonated with me and made me realize like why why am I limiting what I want? I, I like how you said, look at what you won't have if you make this decision versus mm. like the initial thought of I don't have time for for this. I'm gonna drop it. And then thinking ahead of, okay, if you dropped it, would you actually be happy with the fact that you let that go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I think a lot of times we we edit ourselves preemptively because mm-hmm. we're so uh, stressed about you know what it entails. But I think the risk of doing that is a lot higher than than not actually jumping in and enjoying the journey. And the other thing is remind yourself everyone is just winging it. No one has it fully figured out. And so just be patient with yourself and and enjoy it. So you've given a lot of examples of how people maybe come to you for, for coaching when they are later on in their careers. Um, when would you recommend is a good time for someone to start considering mm-hmm. that? Because I think that most of us will start work and already feel like, oh my God, I need a coach. But is that preemptive? Like, is it two years into your career, it's good to get advice? Or is it when you make a managerial role? Like, what's a good time to start seeking consultation? Yeah. So I would say it's never too early to start. And when I think about executive coaching, a lot of times it is really expensive and cost prohibitive for a lot of people to to get, especially if they're not an executive yet. And so that's why a lot of the reason we started the grand to have a platform that is more accessible for people to get that group coaching and that community support. And so Try to find ways to get a peer community. Um, try to find ways to reflect on your career and what you want. And there are so many different ways that you can do it. And so I don't think there's an exact, like you definitely need a one-on-one coach. I think the more important thing is you need to start doing something that allows you to focus on self-discovery and really pushes you to, to really seek out what you want. That's great advice, Anita. 
Um, what is next for you and the grand and how can the ABG community support you? We're super excited because we have a lot of different group coaching quests, we call them, and we have one on becoming an effective manager. We're building out new ones that are launching later this year on thriving in a new role and becoming a parent and returning to work. And so I would love for, if you're interested, you know, definitely go to the grand.world, check us out. And then the other thing is we are so, so excited to be partnering with companies that really care deeply about their people and want to support them through any transitions or role changes that they're going through. And so if you're a company or you're at a company that you think the grand would be a good fit, I definitely want to talk to you. And so again, check us out at thegrand.world. You can email me at Anita at, and on Twitter, I'm at ahosein 24 and we can follow us at the grand world. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Anita. We have learned so, so much from you about how everyone's transitions at the intersection of work and life is very specific to each person. And that's why executive coaches exist. There's no, there's no playbook. And, you know, you need to unlock your own journey and what matters to you. And I think that's a great piece of advice that I'm taking away from this conversation. If you're looking for some assistance on your own journey, reach out to The Grand and Anita Hossein. This would be a great place for you to start if you're trying to reach the next level in in your own life. So thank you. Thank you so much, Anita, for being here today. Thanks for having me. I I loved this conversation. Likewise. (laughs) If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. You can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com. If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dear ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. And we have a couple of shout-outs for today's episode. Daniel and Katie from Boston want to congratulate Anita on her new job. They are so excited for you, Anita, in this next chapter. Ling from Mississauga, Canada, wishes Janeka a happy birthday. Thank you for being her workout buddy this past year. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree in our link in bio and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. And we'll catch you all on the next episode. Bye! Bye.